the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved, also those Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, who celebrated 12 days ago the feast of the Nativity of our Savior, when the God, the Eternal, the Uncreated, became man for us, from the Holy Theodokos and the Virgin Mary. And for 30 years he passed his life in hiddenness, hidden from the world. Only his mother, all pure Theodokos, and his supposed Father Joseph, knowing the mystery that was wrought in him, that he was not uh, only human, but God, that he had become human from the Virgin Mary. Thirty years he passed in obscurity, in uh, being hidden from the world. And after thirty years had passed, he sent as a preparation for his appearance, for his epiphany into the world, for the starting of his preaching of the heavenly kingdom. He sent before him to prepare the people, St. John the Baptist, who from his youth up had been in the desert. He lived in the desert. He was the child of the desert, being instructed there and fed by the angels, one who was ascetic and one dedicated to God from his youth. St. John prepared the people by the baptism of repentance, telling them to repent, for the kingdom of God was at hand. And people from all over Judea and Jerusalem and uh, all the hill country of Judea and Galilee from places beyond Jordan as well came to him confessing their sins and receiving instruction from him. This was the preparation that God had disposed for the preaching of the kingdom by himself, by God incarnate, that St. John the Baptist should prepare the people. And when the time came, our Savior himself came to John at the Jordan. He was one among many. And people did know that among them was one who was the promised one, Messiah, God incarnate, son of David, would be God would become son of, of David, son of, of man. He was among them and people did know him, but John did know him. So our Savior comes to inaugurate his preaching, to inaugurate the kingdom of God, being preached by him by baptism, being enlisted together with the sinners to come and be baptized of John. Let us ask ourselves, why did our Savior do that? Did he, like others, need baptism from John? Far be that we should think such a thing. For, for John himself, the Baptist says that it is me that you should baptize me. How is it that, that you are coming to me that I should baptize you? Our Savior did not need baptism. For if he needed baptism, it means that he was not the only sinless one who had no sin. And therefore he was not the incorruptible one who possessed human nature entirely incorruptible. That is not subject to corruption. And therefore, if he did not possess the incorruptible uh, nature that he had assumed and made it entirely incorruptible, he cannot help us either in granting us incorruption. Neither would he have resurrected from the dead, but rather had been subject to death like all the other human beings who are subject to corruption. But we know that our Savior rose from the dead because death could not hold him. Death had nothing of it in him, and therefore he, it couldn't hold him. Meaning that our Savior had no sin, and therefore there was no corruption in him like all the other human beings. And that is why his flesh, his all holy flesh, is salvific to us and grants us in corruption. Therefore, our Savior being entirely sinless, the only sinless one, sinless one died. why does he come to baptism? 
Why does he stand there together with the others to be submerged in the waters and to receive baptism? And the answer is provided, as always, in the services of the church and in the interpretations of the fathers. And what do they say? I say it's not that our Savior needed baptism, but rather, and look at the mystery, it is the baptism itself that had need of our Savior. Baptism itself needed the power of our Savior, and that is why our Savior submits himself to be baptized, and therefore to seal with his grace, seal with his presence, seal with his entrance into the waters of Jordan, the, the eternal power of baptism. By being submitted to baptism, our Savior institutes the mystery of baptism. He inaugurates the mystery of baptism. He uh, attaches to the waters of Jordan eternally His grace, His presence, His seal, so that it will be salvific for us. That is why He is baptized, to inaugurate a passageway for us from being sons of, sons of, of, of Adam, old Adam, to, to, through baptism, become his true sons, being clothed by, by himself. Therefore, that is why he submits himself to baptism, to make his presence constant in the mystery of baptism. By being present constantly in baptism, he consecrates every single baptismal font of the, of the Holy Orthodox Church. So that when we enter into the waters of baptism, he's there waiting for us. He's there with his presence. He's there with his grace. And he submerges us into the baptismal waters to which he has attached his grace. He takes off from us the skins that our father Adam had uh, put upon himself, sins of passions and sin and corruptibility. He takes them away from us and clothes us with himself. He grants to our soul already in this life the grace of resurrection, grace of incorruptibility, so that by uh, arising from the baptismal waters, we come out already with the resurrected soul, with a soul that is incorruptible, that is not clothed anymore with the skins uh, of, of that, that Adam had clothed himself after the fall, but rather we are clothed with a new garment, garment of incorruption, which is our Savior himself. He is who encompasses us. He is who wraps himself around us in the baptismal waters. That is why our Savior is baptized, so that he should make this inauguration for us, so that baptismal waters are constantly welcoming us, those who want to be saved, to the, by the, His presence being there, eternally present, sealing he, by His grace the baptismal waters. So for that is what we do at the, at the baptismal uh, mystery. We bless the waters and ask that the power of the Holy Spirit be there, just as it was in Jordan River when our Savior was baptized, so that those waters, baptismal waters, become the Jordan River when they were blessed by our Savior Himself, so that our Savior Himself is present and waiting for us there, so that when we are baptized, baptized in the name of the Trinity, we arise from it entirely clothed with Himself. And that also explains one mysterious, uh, the mysterious words that are many times repeated in the service of the uh, Theophany that we celebrated last night, the vigil of Theophany. That our Savior, when he entered into Jordan River, he trampled upon the heads of serpents. 
it says. And also if we look closely on the Theophany icon, we say that our Savior is walking on the serpents. He's trampling with his feet the serpents. What are these serpents? They're not, they're not biological serpents and dragons that our Savior trampled when he entered Jordan River. Not so. So what are they? That what I explained also explains this. When our Savior entered in Jordan River, he tramples upon the serpents that we bring into baptismal font when we are baptized. For we bring with ourselves our sins, our passions, all the things that demons had added to our corruption. And when we come into, into the, uh, the baptismal font to meet our Savior, our Savior descends in our hearts and tramples upon those serpents which we inherited by being born of old Adam, by being sinners, sinners by being full of passions, by being sons of uh, corruptibility. And he tramples those snakes and, and, and dragons which lurk in our hearts. That is the reason, that is the understanding of what it means our Savior trampled the, the uh, heads of the serpents when he entered into the baptismal waters. And that, by doing so, that is why we understand the, uh, the figure that baptism has with the resurrection, with our Savior's death and resurrection. St. Gregory Palamas beautifully explained yesterday that our Savior's descent into the Jordan River, his trampling of the, of the uh, demons, that is the heads of the serpents, that we bring into the baptismal font, and he's arising and rising us up with him from the baptismal font, is a figure of our Savior's death, his descent to the Hades, and his resurrection from the dead. For just as he died and went down to Hades to trample underfoot the devil and his power uh, of death over humankind and uh, liberated those who were there to take them to paradise. So also, if, uh, before this happening, he grants this power to the baptismal waters by descending with us into the baptismal font and trampling underfoot the demons that lurk in our hearts, he raises us up into a newness of life. Beautiful, beloved Christians are the mysteries that Theophan, Feast of Theophany uh, hides in its, in its splendor. That, that beautiful are, manyfold are the aspects of this feast. And I'm here explaining only little part of many other levels of understanding that the, the Feast of Theophany, the appearance, the baptism of our Savior uh, has. And the baptism that our Savior inaugurates today, the baptism that he grants to our church is so indelible. It's so he promised, the promises that he makes are so constant, are so uh, eternal, that one, even when one himself flees from the promises and oaths that one has made to the baptism, God himself does not abandon him. That is how indelible he makes the grace of holy baptism in us. That is how inseparable is the grace of incorruption in our hearts when we are baptized. And to illustrate this, to show this more clearly, I will tell you a story from the lives of the Desert Fathers that illustrate in the most compunctionate way how much our Savior is true to his promises in the Holy Baptism, that he will, even if a woman should, uh, should forget his only child, God will not forget us. 
And He is always there waiting for our repentance. And even if we should abandon the oaths that we made in the baptism, He is there always waiting for our repentance. And what is this story? His story is from the uh, Paterigon of Sinai. Sinai uh, Monastery and the environs that had many monastics living there in caves of desert of Sinai. There is one story concerning a young monk. The Sinai desert is filled with Bedouins, just as now it was filled in the 6th century when this uh, uh, occurrence happened, which, of which um, I'm talking about. Then the, the, the young monk had chores to do outside the monastery, and during one of these chores, he met this young Bedouin girl. And he fell so much in love with his uh, beauty that he forgot the uh, commandment of not to, not to be led astray by the eye, and, and he forgot his, vo his vow of, of chastity, and he allowed the demons to take over his heart by paltry, worldly beauty of this, of this girl. And he decided not to confess his sin, and after a while, the devil did his trick on him, and he decided to flee the monastery and to marry this girl. And so he fled the monastery, abandoned his vows, abandoned his spiritual father, abandoned his community, and fled and said to this young girl that he was ready to, to uh, marry him. But the girl was a, a pagan, because the Bedouins are now uh, mostly Muslim. In those times they were pagans, uh, they, 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 were, they were polytheists. So she said that had her father was the priest of the, of the idols, and that, that she, she should uh, ask him whether he gave blessing uh, to, to marry, marry him. And so he agreed. And so the, the father, who was the priest of the, the, the idols, that is of the demons, inquired in, the, with the, uh, in, his, in his prayers. And the, and the demons told him that uh, it's, it is good that he had fled his monastery and was marrying his, uh, his daughter. That it was a good thing he was doing, but it wasn't enough. Not only he should renounce his monastic vows, which he did already, but he should only, only would have a blessing from them to, to marry his daughter if he also renounced his vows of baptism, if he repudiated his baptism and rejected our Savior and turned back on him, then they would allow him to, him to marry uh, his daughter. And so uh, the, uh, the, uh, the father told the daughter, and the daughter said to the man that this is the case, and the man was so darkened, was so enthralled by this putrid, uh, uh, passing uh, beauty of, the, of this girl that he did even that. He said that he was renouncing his baptism, he was turning back on our Savior, and he was uh, renouncing, renouncing him. And so the girl went to the, to the father, and father inquired again with the demons, and said, well, he did so, so does now my daughter now have the... Uh, the blessing, your blessing to marry this, this boy. And they said, no. And he said, but why? Because, they said, he has renounced Christ, and we saw that. But we also see that despite of this, Christ still has not abandoned him. And Christ has not renounced him. He is there waiting for his repentance. And that is why we don't give a blessing that he should marry your daughter. And when the man told this to the daughter and the daughter told to this boy that even though he had turned his back on our Savior 
that he had spat in his face. He had turned towards demons. He renounced his grace, his baptism, all the things that our Savior had done for him. Even despite all this, our Savior was not abandoning him. Our Savior was not rejecting him. Although he being rejected, our Savior was not rejecting this lost sheep of his. He, was, he came to such level of compunction and such level of repentance that straight away he fled back to the, his monastery, re, uh, repented of everything he had done, asked for forgiveness and was enlisted again into the, the flock of the monastery. That is how true our God is to his promises. That he will not forget us. Even if there is the most impossible odd of us turning back to him. He will be there waiting. As long as there is hope that we shall turn back to him. That is how true he is to our promises. And that is how faith, unfaithful we are to the promises that we make to God. That to be his entirely. To turn back our backs to the devil. To spit upon him. And to the world and to all the passions of the world. And despite all this. Despite us constantly breaking the vows of our baptism. He still does not take away the grace of baptism from us. He still retains it with us. He still keeps that garment that he gave with us. Although we, we smear it and although we tear it and although with our, with our sins we make unrecognizable the garment of incorruption with which he clothed our soul, still he keeps it there. Still hoping that by our repentance we will make it clean. That by our asking for forgiveness and turning to him, he will entirely mend the tattered a garment of our of our of incorruption of our soul and he will entirely wash it white that is how faithful god is and that is how what kind of god we have god that even if a mother should abandon his child and forget his only child our savior does not forget his handiwork as long as we show that one thing needful to repent to ask that we want to be with him therefore let us Hold on to this understanding of what, how great a thing baptism is. What a thing was inaugurated for us. That by entering these material waters, we enter to meet our Savior face in face. We are there in the Jordan River with Him. And He tramples upon the demons that are in our hearts and rises up again that we were dead into newness of life. And by Him being constantly True to his promises. He asks us as well that we try to be true to our promises that we gave in baptism. And if we are, if we truly try, even despite of many faults, to mend the garment of our soul, to make it clean, to wash it by repentance and that, the, the unending baptism, which is repentance of tears, the tears that constantly wash whatever we uh, we soiled during our life he promises us that he will take us into the banquet hall where our garment will be acceptable and not a garment that is unacceptable and we be cast out as long as we try and as long as we we persevere be diligent in turning to him in uh, constantly seeking that he should help us to be asked to be faithful in the vows of our baptism of this may our sweet savior deem us worthy Amen.